Hi, good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast uplifting the voices of Black women doing the work of wellness in their communities. I'm the creator of the series and your host, Rachel Heath. And today, I've got a really wonderful interview with Olivia F. Scott. Olivia is a respected Yoga Alliance certified yoga and mindfulness teacher trained in New York City. She is the creator and founder of Freedom at the Mat, an online and offline wellness platform that provides a sacred space for people to pause for self-care with pre-recorded affirmations, intentions, wellness interviews, meditations, and yoga flows. In addition to the Freedom at the Mat YouTube channel, classes are offered for private groups and workplaces, virtually and in person. Olivia F. Scott is also the founder and principal consultant of Omerge Alliances, an integrated marketing communications consultancy serving such media and beauty clients as Essence, MediaStorm, Game Show Network, New York Theological Seminary, among others, since 2009. A Mizzou and Gonzaga graduate, Olivia is presently the assistant professor of advertising at Loyola University, New Orleans, and adjunct marketing professor at New York University. NYC and NOLA based, Olivia has served in marketing leadership roles at Carol's Daughter, Vibe Magazine, Live Nation, In Demand TV, DDB, Leo Burnett, Ogilvy, Draft and Frankel in New York City and Chicago for over 25 years. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you all. So let's just get into it. Hi, good people. This is Ray from the future coming back to you after I edited this episode and unfortunately realized that my mic was not so great for this interview. And uh, I just want to give you a heads up. You can hear me. It's not muffled, but it is a bit low. So you may have to turn your volume up just a bit more for this one so you can hear both of us. Um, My regular podcast mic kind of conked out on me. So I'm using an alternate right now until I can get that replaced. Hopefully for the next episode, we'll have better quality sound. And until then, my apologies, but please do still listen to the episode. Olivia, Olivia's sound is fantastic, and uh, it's a really good conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Black Women in Wellness. I have an amazing guest to share with you all today. Her name is Olivia F. Scott. Hi, Olivia. Hello, Ray. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm always blessed. I'm well. Thank you. Well, thank you for being on the pod today. I'm excited to get into our conversation because you have made so many contributions to the world of wellness. But before we get into our conversation, I'm wondering if you could introduce yourself to our audience. Well, I am Olivia F. Scott. I am creator of Freedom at the Mat, founder of Omerge Alliances, and a woman who lives in service. That's what I am. Yes. And that is, oh, it's got me so excited to talk to you about your journey to get to this place. 
And mm-hmm. I want to actually start with your journey as a yoga teacher, because one of the businesses that you founded is Freedom at the Mat. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what Freedom at the Mat is and how you got started building this yoga space. Yes, thank you so much. And I appreciate this opportunity to share and just be in conversation with you. I just want to make sure I start by saying that. So I hated yoga. Everybody knows that. I hated yoga from the very, very beginning. I had my first class in 1996. I fell asleep. And I said, I would never do yoga again. I tried it again in the early 2000s. I was taking a class in Harlem, going to Bikram Harlem and Harlem 145th Street around Amsterdam. It was okay, injured myself, kind of was like, eh, whatever. Saw the benefits of detoxifying my system, but just wasn't really into it, right? Moved to Newark 2014 from Harlem and was going through a divorce. We were going through a divorce and moving at the same, it was like we were trying to make it happen, trying to save it, but you know what I mean? It's like people have their baby to try to keep the marriage, yeah. that kind of thing, right? So anyway, I got out to Newark and every Saturday religiously for the past 25 years, I'm working out 10 a.m. That's my workout time, weekend warrior. That's what I do. I'm okay. always spinning. And the gym did not have a spin class. They had yoga instead. So Mm. I was like, oh, the gym I was going to in Newark. So I kind of walked in like, "Mm, whatever, right? I'm going to do this little class. That's all they got. Kind of pissed about it, right? Mm -hmm. This class was the life changer for me. We did openings. I found out there was a different style of yoga called vinyasa, called power vinyasa. See, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I had hatha, I had Bikram. I didn't know about all these different styles of yoga. In this class, it was quite athletic and I tend to be very like rigorous and aggressive when I do my workout. So it was like, wait a minute, I could do this. And there was this opening of my heart and I mm-hmm. literally wanted to cry in this class. I went to my teacher afterwards and said, what was that? And she was like, well, I usually pay attention to the energy in the room that was opening the heart chakra. And that was the beginning of the of the end right there. In that class, I found yoga. I found a style of yoga that I loved. And I really leaned into it because I was going through my divorce and complications. I was there every time she had a class. I was there. Kept leaning into it followed her to her studio. She said, why don't you get your certification? I go to India. I go to, I do all the things and I get my 200 hour. I got my 200 hour actually in New York at Sonic Yoga. And that was the beginning of it. During that season, I went to the Asheville Yoga Festival because I was so in love with yoga at that time. I was like yoga, 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 everything. So I went to the Asheville Yoga Festival and Asheville, North Carolina, of course. And I was in a class with Rusty Wells, who's a bhakti yoga teacher. Again, mm. another style of yoga. I was like, what's this? And he had this style of doing very complicated sequences and having us hold the sequences, hold the postures. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what's happening? I, there was this ability for me to really connect my mind, my body, and my soul. And he said something in one of the poses, and I say this often. He said, you know, instead of you leaving that relationship you're in, why don't you stay a little longer? Like, I want you to stay in this pose right now. What is the challenge? What is the lesson in your life? And he had this really interesting way, Ray, of making you think 
connect with your mind and using your body and your spirit to ground you through that posture. And in that moment, I said, I'm leaving the situation that I was dealing with at that time on the mat. I'm leaving at the mat today, leaving it, right? And I had this idea of freedom at the mat. Wow. Like I'm going to find my freedom today at this mat. I may not be able to control anything else, but on this mat, the six foot, you know, six feet of, 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 um, of space that I have, I am going to create this space as my own. So I'm so intrigued about that moment you had on your mat. And I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit more about what that felt like. It was like Nirvana, you know, it was like, wait a minute, all I have to do is connect with my mind, my body, and my spirit. Everything that I am questioning, I can find within these cells. I think that so much, Ray, we're feeling like we have to go outside of ourselves to find wellness, to find the answers that our hearts and our minds and our bodies are seeking, whether it is and for contentment and for peace, whether it's I'm going to go outside of my body to find love with an external partner. I'm going to go outside of my, my mind and my body and my spirit to find the answers, whether we're going to church. I'm going to go outside of my mind, my body, and my spirit to get questions answered, whether that's a therapist or whether it's a healer. And keep in mind, I'm down with all of those things, right? I love for myself, I do attend various religious uh, services. I do have a couple of therapists and I do have a partner, but that feeling was so empowering that when I was able to just be on that mat by myself and feel whole and complete and know that in that moment, I could get all of my questions answered just by connecting my mind, body, and spirit. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, it was empowering, it was heavenly, and it felt like nirvana. I was I was like, wow, I didn't know that all the questions I can actually answer myself if I take the time to connect and commune with my spirit, my body, my body, and my mind. I I, I love that. And I what I love the most about your yoga story is that you, it wasn't the yoga, it was this expectation that yoga was supposed to be a certain way. And when you found the practice that worked for you, you were able to really embrace it and it changed over time. And so we can be malleable in our practices. And I wanna know a little bit more about what Freedom at the Mat provides for people who may be looking to start a yoga practice or to go deeper into their practice. Yeah, so Freedom at the Mat, it is a couple of things. We'll start with the fact that it is a YouTube channel, okay? So Freedom at the Mat, check it out, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash freedom at the mat we have at the time of this taping of this interview we have 198 videos that we've amassed in the past two years which i'm really grateful for we have over 3300 subscribers and the content includes short form wellness self-care content 
affirmations, meditations, yoga flows, and expert interviews. I bring in a bunch of other people just like you, Ray, that can tell me about how they found their freedom and also about their wellness journeys, everyday people as well as experts. And then the yoga flows, they range from like three minutes up to a max of 30 minutes. Mostly all power vinyasa. I include some others as well. I have other content outside of yoga, just fitness, like abdominals, and like Ingrid Clay. I've got other people who are wellness practitioners who provide contributions to the mat as well. And for me, the point is, I have always thought about a woman who is like, a woman or a man, but we really have always been about women, but we now are beginning to open up and become more inclusive to our brothers. But my thought has always been, if there is a woman or a person, right, that's like, I want to know more about this yoga thing, but they either don't have the money or they don't have the time or they just aren't quite bold enough to walk into a yoga studio, they can dip their toe in the water with Freedom at the Mat's YouTube channel. That's number one. That's what we offer short-term form uh, content. Number two, I've always thought about my people down south. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I live in New Orleans now. Recently moved here about three years ago. I have always thought about sisters in Mississippi and Tennessee and Alabama or just more rural places, not necessarily the big cities, but the rural places. And I've always thought about Let's say it's a sister that's in Vicksburg, Mississippi, right? And she's a victim of domestic violence. And in the middle of the night, she's trying to find some way to get her mind back together. Wouldn't it be wonderful if she had access to a meditation or an affirmation that of somebody that looked like her that she could be like, okay, I, I can be okay. And that's always what I've wanted for Freedom at the Mat, which is why the content is free. It is available on YouTube. I never intend to charge unless YouTube makes us, you know what I mean? Like in my mind, I'm never going to pay gate it. I really want that short form content to be available to any person globally who wants to access wellness. Yeah. So that's what we are. And then outside of that, oh, I'm so outside of that. I got so deep and that was my question. That's really <laughs> what my goal is for YouTube, for the YouTube channel to really, but we also offer some in-person classes as well. It's nothing overly consistent. I have a free your soul series where I offer my freedom flow. And, you know, when we began to do these classes in person in Harlem, right, they consisted of five things, intentionally starting with breath work and meditation, going into intention setting, going into movement and journaling, and then going into movement and ending with an affirmation. So our in-person classes tend to be 75 minutes and they include all five elements. So we have an upcoming event in New Orleans at the time of this taping for Juneteenth. It's going to be at the Freedom Apothecary, which is one of our partners here in New Orleans. And we also work with the New Orleans Museum of Art and offer Freedom Flow classes with them. And I did a, a class last September, I believe, in Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown. It was a, an event I hope to annualize. 
where 100% of the proceeds we offer to a local charity. So last year we did the Grace House of Memphis, which is women who are getting their lives back on track after surviving substance abuse issues. Thank you for, for going into the in-person things as well as the YouTube channel. And I, I will say before I received a message from you, Olivia, I'd actually been following your YouTube channel because I'm always looking for Black women who are in the fitness world, who are offering those kinds of resources. Um, as a yoga teacher myself, I like being taught. So it's great to be able to um, find us in those spaces. Um, Thank you, Ray. I just feel like your work is so aligned with a lot of the things that I, as a wellness practitioner and as a service provider, as a yoga teacher and meditation instructor, want to see in this space. But I'm wondering for you, as you continue to grow your business and continue to grow the services that you offer to a variety of different communities, what kind of changes are you hoping to see in this wellness space? I am hopeful that we can make it less about buying things, Rachel. I am very well aware, and I'm sure that you are as well, that the wellness industry has ballooned, to, it, it's planned to balloon to a trillion dollar industry, I think by 2025. And it's becoming, you know, antithetical to what I mentioned to you a few moments ago about going without versus going within. So I'm really hopeful that people will get back to basics of just movement. You know, this morning I went and I walked around the track and I was so happy to be accompanied by so many people on the track. That is wellness, you know? So that's something I'm wanting to see. I'm also hopeful that any negative perceptions of wellness as being something that we as Black women cannot access, I'm hoping that that will go away. I think early on, and I'm sure you know this as well, I have dear friends who are like, oh, you're into your woo-woo stuff, or you're into all, all that weird stuff, you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. I think it's actually, it's indigenous to us as people, you know, to move, to be physical, and to eat from the land. You know, eating more produce and drinking more water and just being more connected to our spiritual selves. That's what I'm hoping that we can get back to. I just want to see a reversal of where we're going. Where we have been going where it's like, buy this, you know, five milligrams of this and then you're going to be whole and you're going to be healed. I, I want us to go away from that. Yeah, and I... I, I love that you mentioned that aspect of what's happening in the wellness space, which is it, it is an industry now and it's becoming more and more and more of an industry as opposed to a practice and a service. You know mm -hmm. about Seva because you've you've studied yoga and, and you are a yoga teacher and Seva is service. We're, we're, yeah. we're taught about the importance of Seva and Sangha, which is the practice yeah. of community, not the noun itself, but the actual action of it, right? And so that's, you know, from yoga spaces, so many of these wellness practices, they are built around service to a community, not the selling of a product. But I also know that a lot of people are seeing this wellness industry is hot right now. So how can I, you know, plant my flag and make my dollar? 
And I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts about this next generation of people who are coming into this yoga space who are wanting to teach or provide a service. Um, what what words of wisdom could we offer to them? What advice, um, maybe even some <laughs> don't? <laughs> um, what do you think? I say, Ray, do your own work. That's my main thing I want to offer to people of our generation as well as the next generation. I think there is a temptation, sister, to be in an industry and to you get so caught up in the social media of it, in the filming videos of it, that you stop doing the actual work required to truly be a wellness leader. If you have to stop, take time away from everything, come off social media, go dark for a month, whatever. I just want to continue to encourage many of us to do the work. You know, there's a lot of work that is required to keep our minds clear and able to serve, to keep our spirits pure. You know, we're people just like everybody else. We're light workers but we still have atrocities that happen to us every day. You know, we're accosted, our spirits are accosted. So we've got to do the work to be able to like, mm, how do we heal? How do we journal? How do we make sure that we're okay? And then lastly, our bodies, you know what I mean? We are wellness practitioners. So I can tell you recently, I had gotten, I'd gone through a very difficult, uh, I, I've been, I've been repositioning it actually, Ray. I won't say difficult. I've been saying abundant, an abundant season that was really challenging to me over the last six months. And in that process, there was a lot, there were a lot of extra things that I consumed in my physical body. And that showed itself physically in my weight. And I was not comfortable. So I had to stop. We had to stop everything, right? Go away for a little bit do a five-day juice cleanse and get ourselves back on track, right? So I just, that's my advice is do the work. And I, I share that authentically from, you know, I also work with Essence Festival and Essence on the Wellness House. And I come across a lot of wonderful people who are in the wellness space. And in that process of working with them for the past four years on it, Ray, I have encountered some people who are not well, but they consider themselves wellness practitioners. And you know it by how they negotiate, you know it by how they're coming at you. And you're like, well, I would have never expected that from an actual wellness practitioner. So I just want us all, if we're in this space, to truly find a way of doing the work ourselves. And the last thing I would say, which you did not ask me, but it's just a... a a note of advice. I just, it's kind of like, I see us, Ray, and I don't know what you think, all right? I don't want to ask you a question because you're interviewing me today, so I don't want to turn it over. But, you know, I'll, I'll flip it in a minute and be like, I have questions for you. But I wonder, I, I see us as light workers and I see us just like ministers, right? We're wellness ministers and wellness leaders. And so we go back in the day, and my boyfriend brings this up all the time, of ministers who... Back in the day, ministers were ministers on Sundays, but they still had full-time jobs. 
So it took the pressure off of making the service work you're doing your primary source of income. So it kind of was, you're serving from a more pure place versus, right, needing to get a certain number of members in order to, right, keep afloat with your household. So I would encourage all of our beautiful young people who are coming up in this space, if they could find another skill, another something else they could do to monetize so that they're not, because the wellness industry doesn't necessarily pay a whole lot. Fitness and wellness doesn't really pay a whole lot. Like being able to make, you know, a living, people always want to make six figures, whatever, but like making six figures from wellness is challenging. So, so that you won't be tempted to start kind of selling dragon juice and weird things. Can you, right? And weird being subjective, but can you find something else that it is that you do? You know, what we do with Freedom at the Mat, while I, it's my greatest desire to spend more time building it and pouring into it. My core revenue comes from me as a marketer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that, that was a very long-winded answer, Ray, but that was something good from that. <laughs> no, but I, I love that answer. And it's funny, I feel like you're in my head because that's what I tell people. Uh, yoga has always been a service that I offer to my community. And my day job was I was a full-time teacher and I work in curriculum now. So um, I I am on the same page. I think that when we start to conflate our our the things that we offer as our gifts, as yes. things that we sell, um, yeah. that's when we start to kind of make things difficult for ourselves. And also understanding that some folks may not necessarily be able to do both, um, but just being aware of the effect of turning something that is, I consider to be a gift and a service, and, and people may be looking at it in different ways into something that's a commodity, it it's hard to manage that without either your intentions for what you want to do with your gift changing or the ability for you to market the thing that you want to sell changing. That makes sense. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You already know. It's in the way you articulate it's it's hard unless you're in it to understand it. But it's like mm-hmm. the moment I'm really trying to sell, like, for instance, if you don't mind, we have this event coming up Juneteenth. And the decision with my partner at Freedom Apothecary was let's just keep the price low, $865. You know, it's $1865 for the year of Juneteenth, but we're going to make it $865. Now, the thought was, well, wait, don't I want to charge $28? Don't I want to charge $30 for this class? We're going to offer draw me. We're going to offer this, that, this, that. But I was like, no, if my intent really is to serve, then I want to get those women in the door. I mean, for me, and everybody has different populations. I think that's also talk about that for a second too. It does depend on the population that you serve, right? Let's be clear. Because some people, they have an affluent audience they serve and they're serving, you know, the women who are already, they're already drinking the drink green juice and they're good. For me, I'm still stuck on getting women who are not taking themselves um, seriously and they're pri- they're not prioritizing their wellness. I want them to come in the door. Now, there are different schools of thought on that. So, well, they would pay for Gucci. They pay for, you know, Balenciaga. So why shouldn't they pay $25 for a yoga class? I understand that too. 
but I'm going to just get them in, you know? And for me, I don't mind them. And often we often offer, often offer, sorry, often offer a couple of free spots in our classes too, right? Mm -hmm. For those sisters who really just would not have the access to come. So I just want to offer that too. Yeah. And I think you bring up a very valid point about balance because we all have to be able to eat, right? And so how we create those opportunities for ourselves, is it we're creating within community and community is taking care of community or is it we're all creating in our own little bubbles? And nine times out of 10 is the second one, right? So it makes it difficult to really see how we can be in exchange with each other in a way that gets past the almighty dollar, right? Um, I think a lot of what we do as wellness workers is also dismantling that capitalist thinking, right? It's getting back to living, working, holding each other up in community, whether that's a sangha or whether that's the folks in your neighborhood or whether you're coming together for some other like common goal, right? Yes, ma'am. You said it. You said, I couldn't have said it any better. So I'm not going to try. But what you just said is exactly what, it's like so many times it's like, and you as a teacher and me as a you know teacher and other things that we both do, I straddle both worlds. And mm-hmm. that sometimes it becomes about the dollar in some worlds. But then when I'm really with myself, you know, and I'm really grounded, I ask myself, what do I really need on this earth to live? What do we all really, truly need? And when I dial all that back and I think about joy and I think about spirit and I think about grace and I think about what I need every day, what my spirit needs. Mm-hmm. It makes me less focused on getting the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? We want the bag for security. Yes, we do, to your point. But when it comes to this work we're doing, this community work, this is the stuff that matters, I think. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And I think that there's a balance that can be that you can come to but it it starts with that first work of awareness and dismantling and relearning and beginning to kind of open your purview to possibility of how abundance shows up Mm -hmm. and so often we don't have time for that right which is why i think what you're doing with providing videos with providing this amazing space with freedom at the mat is so important because while I may not be able to pay now, almost everybody's got a phone or a computer where they can look at a video and be like, oh, wait a minute, that sparks something. And I don't have to pay. I can watch it. I can consume it. I can kind of open up my own ideas about who I can be in the world. But I also know that that's a lot of investment of time and energy on your part. And I'm wondering, as a wellness provider, who do you go to for your wellness? It's a combination of people. Mm-hmm. Um, names, 
outside of, of course, we all know our inner self, our God outside of that, right? Which I try to spend time communing with God and my spirit every single day, constantly. Outside of that, I love Sarah Jakes Roberts, you know, her ministry. I really enjoy her ministry. I thoroughly enjoy Ayanla Benzant. I'm always seeking wisdom from her, in particular, her podcast, The R Spot. Um, I also enjoy Teray Roberts as well. Like I, I use their the one podcast. Those are two podcasts that I go to. And then I have two therapists. One therapist is a relationship therapist who's been critical in helping me understand. That's all she does. Love and Pearson is her name. She's pretty big. So, she, you know, she will support her as well. Um, so relationship woman who is incredible. And then, then I have a couple of other therapists um, that I use, that I have used in New Orleans. One who really specifically helped me with, who's a boundary coach about how to set boundaries. So I did like a whole intensive with her for about eight weeks. But then outside of her, I also have another therapist that I speak with every other week on Friday mornings. And prior to these three women that I have been working with over the past two to three years, my entire adulthood, my mother passed when I was 28 and I was in New York and my HR woman demanded that I use the EAP to get therapy. And so I had an incredible therapist there in New York that I was with for about 17 years followed by another therapist. So I think what I'm saying is I thoroughly love therapy and I believe in it. I've had different ones. And that's the reason why I mentioned I have different ones, right? Throughout the, you know, throughout the journey that have really helped me. Mm-hmm. And I'm also really grateful for a couple of elder women in my life that when I really need something that I just can't see my way they're in their 60s, I'm in my 40s, I can say, hey, can you just give me a sense of, you know, I'm not asking for advice, but kind of what you might do in this scenario. So mm-hmm. it's a consortium of people would be the short answer there. But they're very specific. It's like, you know, you, you got to make sure from an energy perspective that you're discerning, right, Ray? Mm-hmm. Got to oh, make sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that different people in your life, this is going to sound a little bit clinical, but different people in your life meet different needs. And I think a lot of times we can kind of put all of our needs on, on one person, which is a lot to ask. Yep. <laughs> and they also yep. probably aren't equipped to meet all of those needs. Um, and that's true, whether you're talking about friendships, whether you're talking about church home, whether you're talking about sangha, whether you're talking about your partner, you got to spread it around. <laughs> Exactly. And it's interesting because I remember there was a woman who asked me, I went on a trip early this year, it doesn't really matter, but she asked me, she's like, Olivia, who's your friend that you talk to every single day? And I said, I don't talk to anybody, anybody every single day. And she was sharing with me that she had a group of friends, two of them, that they talked, three of them total, but they talked to each other every single day. Wow. And I said, huh. Maybe I need to work on that community, you know, having somebody I talk to every single day. But to your point that you just brought brought up, which is what made me think about this, right? I was like, I personally don't want to burden my friends with my woes and my issues every single day. 
So while I do talk to a couple of friends a couple of times a week, I personally chosen to seek out professional help to help me navigate certain spaces. And, you know, just like my therapist told me, my therapist Rudy in New York years ago, the therapy doesn't always have to be always on. You know, sometimes he said, just like a physical health checkup. You go, you're going to a doctor, you have an acute situation, let's say you have a breakup, you have a divorce, you have a loss of a parent or a child or a sibling or something, you have to go get some some real help and you might have to go through therapy for like a solid year, but then after that or six months or whatever, but then after that, maybe you can just go do a check-in with your therapist once a month, the once every two months. So I'm a fan though of keeping a professional light worker near by my side at all times. And I am grateful to share that I feel like my mental health is finally at a good enough place where when I am confronted with issues in between my therapy appointments, I can, I know what to do. It's just kind of like, you know, let's say you have a physical issue and you know you have to put a bandage and some gauze and some tape to get you through to see your doctor. I feel good that I have some internal resources. I've got some journaling. I've got some pens. I can get through. I can process things until I actually get to a Sarah Jake Swaverage video or a therapist or to talk to one of my mom's friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense. And, and I think that there's, we, we, often talk about holistic health and wellness spaces and that's really making sure that you are taking care of every part of what you need and that includes professionals <laughs> as well as people in community and and family and other folks that that come in to kind of make this big picture of what wellness looks like for you um so i love that you you mentioned <laughs> that being able to kind of just check in with a professional and then also check in with your other people as well. So I also really do enjoy some readers. I have connected with some ancestral mediums and some readers in New Orleans. And I have found that experience to be quite gratifying. So that's something else, you know, I don't, I don't tap into it often though. I don't do it because it's like, sometimes I don't want to know some of those things, but it those have been helpful as well. Not tarot card readings per se, but like a little bit, another level up. Yeah, I uh, I like to pull one card a month. <laughs> so I think that there's value in so many different ways of kind of, I I think what all of these things do is to help us tap into that internal conversation that we want to have. So yeah. whether it's talking with a therapist, whether it's a reader, whether it's talking to a friend, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whatever it is, when we are kind of, when we are present, we are directly connecting, right? Not just with whatever person or space, but also with ourselves, Um which is the whole point of all of these practices, right? When you can connect with self, then you can actually take care of this thing that you're, you know, walking around carrying and, and living and having experiences in. That's it. That's it. So 
We're actually coming to the end of our interview, Olivia, although I feel like we could we could probably do this for another hour. We won't. Um, but I do have two other things I want to ask you. And this next question is, is one that's just a bit of fun, but I'm wondering if there's a question that you wish people would ask you. I wish they would ask me why I am so serious about my wellness journey you know yeah what what would your answer to that question be it's because I have it's very well documented I have come from a line like many of us people of color women of color black women of color from a line of women who all died at the age of 65 my mother my sister my grandmother and I have watched them live lives that were unwell. And so when you have seen it and you've witnessed it, it's just like anything else, whether it's a generational curse of, you know, teenage pregnancy. People, some people struggle with that with their mother and their grandma, right? So, so for me, it's like my passion is to make sure that women have the resources to really live well lives. My mother was a socialite in Memphis and she was very well regarded, but there was a lot of pain that I was personally witnessing her go through, watching her. My sister, who I watched struggle with drug addiction for 35 years. And you're just like, you know what? These are just women that I personally had access to, but I understand that the woes of the world can weigh us down. They can make us think that we're crazy, that we're less than or whatever, and that we don't have enough to really do this thing called life. So for me, if I can use my life to provide my tools and that of other sisters like you and others who I trust and love, who are doing the same work, I feel like my living will not be in vain, as the Clark sisters say. And I feel like that will be able to be my legacy to make sure that other women feel okay seeking out these wellness resources. You know, one of the things that I love the most is on Sundays, I do a Sunday email every Sunday around 8.30 and I get feedback from those emails. I just, you know, do a, a weekly journal prompt and I offer a video every other week and I just invite people to commune around a theme. And I get phenomenal feedback. You know, I have a really solid open rate, which lets me know people are opening the email and they want the, the content. And if my content can be a supplement, if not a counter for some of the content that we see on television to support our wholeness and our healness, our healing, that's what I want to be. So answering your question, very long answer. I wish people would ask me why I care so much. You know, sometimes people laugh at me. You know, we go out to restaurants and the way that I eat or how serious I am about always walking every morning or exercising, you know, multiple times a week. It's because I want a healthy life. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and and I I'm I'm trying to find the words to express the level of gratitude I have to meet people like you who look like me, who have had a similar journey as I have had, who are out here being such a beautiful example of what we can do when we have the right resources and we have the right tools and we value ourselves. 
And so I'm sitting just in really deep gratitude, having done this podcast for, I think it's been over two years now, I've met so many amazing Black women who are doing this work, and it just, it makes my heart happy, it really does. Um, and to that note, I, I want to talk about your freedom kits, because <laughs> I am excited about this offering that that you have coming through Freedom at the Mat, and I'm wondering if you could tell us about them. Absolutely, thank you. So essentially, we decided when we first started, we didn't want Freedom at the Mat to be something people had to pay for, right? But then we said, you know what? There are people who do want to pay. One of my dear friends who's an entrepreneur of a beauty company, she's like, Olivia, you got to pay for something. People got to pay for this guy. That's okay, fine, fine, fine. So of course, given how I began this whole journey with the mat, right? It, it had to be about the mat, right? So we offer a freedom kit that includes a luxury mat with an art design on it from an artist of color and a candle, as well as a freedom journal that I authored myself in three parts, mind, body, and spirit. And essentially, Ray, this kit we offer together, or you can buy the individual pieces, the candle we don't sell individually, but we've got um, this kit that we offer. And to make me feel better about selling wellness, I think you know by now how I feel about selling wellness, we offer 15% of all of the proceeds that we make, all the sales we make that goes back to nonprofit that we specifically support. And those causes are domestic violence, substance abuse, and sex trafficking. So that makes me feel better about charging something that 15% of what is sold goes back to women who are underserved, who their wellness is not a priority, and we want to help them make it a priority by our contribution. So, Yes, and we will make sure that we drop links to the YouTube channel, to the website where you can learn about the Freedom Kits and also Freedom at the Mat classes and anything else that you want to share, Olivia, we'll drop those links in the show notes as well so that folks can connect with what you are doing and hopefully, you know, enhance their wellness journey a little bit by consuming, I'm going to use the word, by consuming some of your magic. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, and what I will say is I feel really proud about the mat. We spend a lot of time in creating a mat. It's not just any regular mat, you know, that you can get from Marshalls or TJ Maxx. I know that's how many of us start with our mats and that's cool. But when you want to upgrade and get more of a heavier, thicker mat in particular, I knew the audience that I was targeting. So the mats, again, have beautiful art on them, but they also have a beautiful luxury microfiber. Some of them do, the five millimeters do. So if you're doing hot yoga classes, it definitely can pick up that sweat and keep it moving. That's really makes for a really efficient use in hot yoga. And then the ones with the smooth finish, the four millimeters, they're also, it's again, thicker. Your average yoga mat that you buy, it's like a two millimeter or a three millimeter. And this is a really durable yoga mat. So I'm excited yeah. to be offering those two. They sound exciting to me. I love the considerations for the different kinds of yoga and a thicker mat. I've always preferred a thicker mat. So that's awesome. And like I said, we'll have the links to that in the show notes and to other ways that you can connect with Olivia's work and what she's doing. And I'm wondering, Olivia, if you have any final thoughts to close us out. Just... 
honor yourself, honor your journey, understand that our lives truly are what we make them. And if there are any lessons that you gain along the way from any traumas, how can you pause to honor that, to really transform you, to become the woman that you want to be? I believe that each of us truly is fearfully and wonderfully made, Rachel. I do believe that. And I believe our only responsibility is to honor ourselves every day and living lives more authentically, living lives more truthfully. That is the key to our wellness and move. I, I want everybody to move as well. Like the fitness part of it, I'm not gonna deny that part is important too. But outside of that, if we can just honor ourselves, I'm just gonna keep saying that over and over again. I think so much happens in life, Rachelle, where we end up not honoring our beings and we deny ourselves and we're tempted to cheat. We're tempted to lie, but living lives in truthfulness, living lives in authenticity, I believe that those are a big path to wellness. Thank you for those closing thoughts, Olivia. And thank you so much for coming on the pod and, and having a, a, this wonderful conversation with me. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And I love what you're doing with Black Women in Wellness. And I just appreciate you heeding, you know, the connection and being so authentic and, and cool about connecting with me. So thank you. Every time I do a new interview, I'm reminded how important these conversations are and just how incredibly nourishing it is to be able to be in this community of wellness. Um, when we come together and we bring our wisdom and we bring our strengths and we bring an openness, uh, so many amazingly magical things can happen. I'm very grateful to Olivia for her time and for her openness of sharing. And I do hope you will check out Freedom at the Mat and also the Freedom Kits and, and all the really cool things that Olivia is doing um, with her work as a wellness worker. Um, so we'll have links in the show notes as we always do. We'll also have links for Black Women in Wellness if you are a wellness worker and you want to be in touch and possibly be on the podcast and or contribute to our blog you can find the black women and wellness email address in the show notes as well and uh, until next time good people be safe and be well <laughs>